This podcast is for anybody who recently graduated from college. listening to Fade. I am your host, Robert John Boyle. This is my interview with Mandy Frayden. Because if you had asked me when I started college who, if I, if I like was having fun, if I loved my life, if I, you know, was excited to be studying biology, all of those answers would have been yes. And I would have like, made a joke about it and smiled big and laughed about it and like been pretty secure in my response. But I really had no idea what I wanted then. And you don't know until you're just completely pulled out of that whole scene and kind of left with the outcome, I guess. I told you that this podcast was meant for anyone who had recently graduated college because that's what we spend most of our time on in Mandy's story. We talk about her childhood. We talk about her father, her mother. We talk about when she went away to BU and we spend most of our time right there at BU in the years right after BU, talking about Mandy's experience of college, talking about how she felt about her experience after it was over, how she felt a little bit lost, had a little bit of an identity crisis when she graduated and what she did to kind of get through that, some of the loneliness that she had to go through, some of the detachment from herself that she realized she had, and some of the books, some of the practices, and just kind of whatever was going through her mind at the time that helped her cope with that period. I was really, really happy with this interview. I felt like Mandy came to be vulnerable. I felt like Mandy really opened up and I felt like so much of what she said I could relate to and so many people who just graduated college and kind of feel like they're in limbo can relate to. If you're someone who graduated college recently, this is 100% for you. If you know someone who graduated college recently, I ask that you go and share this with them and keep listening because I think so many of the themes that we touch on, loneliness, identity, self-awareness, connecting with your inner child, I feel like so many of those themes are relevant, not only to people who just graduated, but anybody who feels a little bit dissatisfied with where they are in life. Awesome. So, Mandy, let's uh let's let's provide some context for the audience. Tell us a little bit about your childhood. Where are you from? Um where did you grow up? Like what was your childhood like? Okay. So, my childhood, we can start from the very beginning. Uh Lawrenceville, Georgia. February 27th, 1994. Uh, that's when I was born and where I was born. Um, we lived in Georgia for about three and a half years. And there, I mean, I don't really 
remember much from there, but that is the home where we all, you know, my mom worked a lot. So my dad and I got to spend more time together when I was younger. And I spent more time with my grandma on my dad's side. And she only, she mainly spoke Spanish. And so like, I would be, you know, speaking Spanish with her at home. And then my parents come back and it was kind of a mix of English, Spanish all the time. And uh, that's when we had a basement at the house and we'd kind of, my dad and I would go downstairs and he'd play because he loves playing instruments. Yeah. He's really a drummer. Um, he, when he was a kid, he would sneak off and join bands when he was, you know, in his pre-teens to and he'd just like go to clubs and play the congas or uh bongos with large spanish bands um and so he loves that scene he loves that music he that's kind of in his blood so he he played a lot of that when i was growing up and so he just put it on and we just danced together and at first it was just like nonsense dancing. And then eventually my parents also taught me, you know, salsa, merengue, the, the staples of some Latin dance. And um, yeah, that's kind of where my, my love for music probably started, to be honest. Just, so yeah. did, your, did your father try to get you to play instruments or was it really just trying to introduce you to the dancing and the music? I think it was really he whenever he put it on he he would see me in rhythm with the music whether I was just like stomping my feet or you know waving my hands in the air so he he just loved watching me move to it cuz he he was just amazed that you know I feel like when you have a kid I don't know cuz I don't have children yet but I feel like when you have them, you're just kind of amazed by everything that they do, even <laughs> though it's like it could be the smallest thing. So I feel like he was just completely amazed that I was in on the beat when <laughs> he played the music. So he just put it on to have fun. That was kind of our bonding time um, was just dancing. And he never really I mean, he he would put me on the congas and I would, you know, smack them uh, mm -hmm as best as I knew how when I was that little, but it wasn't anything like, oh, she's going to grow up and be this great musician. And like, we're going to make a band together. There was, it was just, you know, having fun was the main priority in that. Tell me about that. Tell me a little bit about, you know, where your father comes from in that Latin culture, having like music and dance and instruments, just kind of being an ingrained part of the culture, not even as like something that, you know, you're being prepared to be a singer or a musician one day, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, wow, my dad could be a whole other podcast episode, I swear, <laughs> because he, he is very interesting. I'm serious. If you want to interview him, I I can I can let him know because he he's just he's done he's lived a lot of lives in his life. So he he was born in the Dominican Republic. And he has seven brothers and sisters. Um, he grew up in a big family. Uh, his dad, so my grandpa, um, came to the Dominican Republic from Spain 
really from France, I think is where the boat took off from France to the Dominican Republic. And that's where he met my grandma and had the family. That's kind of the origin story on my dad's side. And um, so my dad grew up really just, there was music everywhere in the streets of, uh, trying to remember the city he was born, born in. I don't just want to say Santo Domingo in, <laughs> but, but yeah, <laughs> I mean, seriously, I should ask him, but, um, so he, he really, his childhood was not like, it was hard. His family had it hard there. There were a lot of gangs and my grandma, his mom was, you know, she was tight with all the gang members. <laughs> so like their family wouldn't be messed with, but there was a lot of revolution happening while he was growing up. Um, so he really used music as kind of an escape mm. from all that he dealt with then too. Like he didn't even, they didn't have money for real sets of drums and they also thought that him playing was kind of annoying because it could get loud mm. in the home. So they, they didn't really like, they thought of him musically as more of a bother, um, unfortunately. So he, he like would get little cardboard boxes and hit them like he would a conga or a bongo and he would, you know, get all these sounds out of them that once he, you know, started joining these bigger bands, he, and they had the actual instruments, he could really make it sound amazing because if he could make a little cardboard box sound amazing, like it's, it's like he made it, the yeah. actual instrument look easy. Um, and we still have, we still have like all the instruments. We have timbales, congas, bongos that, that are at my parents' place and um, we'll kind of go back and forth on them whenever we get a chance to this day. So that's kind of his origin story, but also he played professional basketball for the Dominican Republic on the wow. Olympic basketball team. So he's just like, he's incredible. Um, well, we are definitely going to have to set up that second interview with dad. I mean, the Dominican Republic <laughs> yeah. playing professional basketball, music, like <laughs> that, that's, that, there's a lot of stories to unpack. So tell yeah. me, let's, let's, let's walk it forward a little bit. Tell me a little bit about your mother. You said that your mother worked a lot. You said that your dad was kind of, you spent more time with your dad. Tell me a little bit about your mother and your relationship with your mother throughout childhood. Yeah. I mean, my, my mom is a boss lady. She, man, she had so many master's degrees. She, she really went the schooling route and like, you know, aced everything from when she started school till her master's and it was a master's in public relations or HR, uh, something in that realm or maybe management, business management, because then she was one of the first female managers for AT&T in Georgia. And so she had like a solid, solid job when my dad and her met and 
and they actually met in Boston and then moved down to Georgia for my mom's job um, and had me there. So she, after she had me, she was still working for AT&T and my dad was actually in school uh, finishing his bachelor's degree at that time because he actually, he was going to Boston University, which is funny because that's where I went too, but it's, it's like a long story about how my whole family <laughs> has uh, like some kind of root in Boston, but um, he was finishing a bachelor's and master's combined program in computer programming or computer science at Boston University. And he met my mom. And then it was kind of like a, either, you know, you come move down with me to Georgia and like we get married or this isn't going to work out. And so he wants to have a family and move to Georgia and not finish his degree up there. So then a lot of the credits didn't transfer, you know, the story. So he was actually in school when they had me. And he was finishing that up while she was working. And once he graduated and then started getting a job of his own, like a real, like, you know. Um, job. Yeah. <laughs> like, then, then my mom came. Well, my mom was pregnant with my brother. I have a younger brother, Anthony. And... So then she was pregnant again and she stopped working and started becoming a stay-at-home mom while my dad started working and traveling. And he became like a computer consultant and project manager. So that was a lot of traveling for him. So a lot of my childhood actually was being raised by my mom and then having my dad come home some weekends and yeah it was what was was that like like obviously you spent like the earliest part of your childhood with your dad a lot and then the roles kind of reversed now you're spending a lot of time with mom and you're not seeing dad as much yeah it was definitely hard um yeah it it took a little while because you don't know what's happening as a kid so you're just like okay now now my dad's like, where is he? When are we going to see him? How often? And it's like, he's, you know, in Mexico for a month and he'll come back, you know, every other weekend or he's in New York, Houston. And sometimes we'd go out to see him, but a lot of it was him coming home for the weekend. So then we, would you know we lived in Florida by that point uh so we would go out to the theme parks and have a really fun weekend but it was just now that I'm older I'm like man that's so non-stop for my dad and then like their relationship is hard because they're away so often and like not together in parenting that much so it seeing it through my eyes now versus then, like then I was like, man, yeah, dad's coming home. Like, this is going to be a great weekend. We're going to have so much fun because we, we had to make it fun because we barely got to see him. Uh, but now I'm like, damn, <laughs> that was like, that's, they did that. They made it work. 
what, so is the new perspective, you know, you've gotten a little bit older. Is it about thinking about how that relationship between your mom and your dad was different from the way you saw it when you were younger? When you were younger, it's just kind of like, oh, dad's coming home. Like, this is going to be great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I guess just, yeah, just the kind of sacrifices that they made to make sure, like my dad took, you know, all these jobs to make sure we were set. And, and then seeing like, I don't know, it's just long distance is hard. And I can't imagine doing like long distance with children too involved. And like, they're your, they're your children and you want to like parent as well or have a say in how they're being parented. So I, I guess I just see it all kind of makes sense in how things have like played out throughout life just like little tension here or there like kind of goes back to when you know they didn't have enough time to communicate and this was when it wasn't as easy to get a hold of each other you know like there weren't cell phones it was landlines it was hotel room landlines like it yeah so it it just it just kind of, I guess, impresses me that they worked together as a team as well as they did with everything that was going on. 100%. Well, I appreciate the deep dive into your relationship with your parents. I know sometimes it can be uncomfortable to discuss, but it's just something that is on my mind a lot just because I'm living at home right now. So like the difference between going to college and then coming back and being at home, like the relationship, there's just so much going on all at one time. Um, so I want to talk about BU. So one thing that I know about you is that you only started singing very recently. So I'm wondering, like at BU, did you have any exposure to like clubs that were doing music? Like, were you singing at all? Did you meet any other artists there? Um, hmm, so... Singing really, well, artists and singing, it was soft freshman, freshman, end of freshman year, I want to say. Um, or, yeah, okay, I'll say it was end of freshman, no, it was end of, uh, it was freshman year, 100%. But um, I was walking back to my dorm from the gym, and I had my headphones in. And was really, usually I'm very friendly and love making eye contact with like strangers on the sidewalk and saying hi mm -hmm. and, you know, how are you, blah, blah, blah. But that day I was just like headphones in. I really don't want to talk to anybody right now. I just need to get to my dorm, take a shower and go to bed. And uh, there is this guy, there is a van, first of all, which I was like, what? And this guy was like waving me down only me. And I was just like, what is this? And he was like, Hey, do you want to win Alicia Keys tickets? And I was like, is this a scam? <laughs> like, am I being scammed right now? Is this, Should I have my guard up? I don't know you. And uh, he was with Verizon and they were just like, you had to play this game that you'd obviously win. Um, it wasn't really that hard of a game. I forget what it was, but I remember being like, that was it. And then he was like, okay, go to, we'll call, like, write your name down, and the tickets will be there. Because she was performing the next day. 
And so I was just like, okay, whatever. And I brought a friend with me and the tickets were at Will Call and it was actually front row tickets to Alicia Keys. And she's one of my favorite artists. I forgot to start off with that. She, <laughs> like, she has been one of my favorite artists since I was little. Um, and so that, I mean, I still have the tickets in my, I have a little binder in my closet of just really keepsakes, memories from college. And those are in it because it was one of the most memorable events, moments of my life there. And so artist-wise and concert-wise, Alicia Keys, seeing her in concert was just mind-blowing. And Miguel opened for her. And that was when he was just starting to be an up-and-coming artist. So I didn't really know him that well. And I was so mad that like I wasn't as yeah. into him then because now I'm like so into him. And I right. just like I didn't take full advantage of seeing him in person. But uh Give us some yeah comments. how many feet away from the stage are you i'm waving to the guitar player <laughs> and he's making eyes at me like that is how close we are <laughs> like that was because we got there early because mm -hmm. i'm thinking like okay this isn't gonna be a sign seating this was a guy from a verizon van that randomly waved me down like these aren't gonna be legit tickets right so I was shocked. We were there like maybe half an hour before really like the stadium started filling up because it was in Aganis Arena. And and so it was just like us around that area. And then it was the band that was warming up on stage. And so I was legit like having conversations and waving to the band members. So it was that's just like one of those memories that's kind of imprinted. And then tell us about the rest of your kind of like story at BU. So what did you major in? Like did, was music and singing a part of like anything that you were doing? Like close out that chapter for us. Yeah. Um, college was funny. Um, I started off, so I switched my major a bunch of times, to be honest. I started off wanting to major in biology and do the pre-med track with that. And so I like, I was super intense with myself. I don't know. I just, I have moments in my life where I just tend to put a lot of pressure on myself to just like be great at everything and to accomplish so many things at one time. Um, so this is one of those moments where I just put a lot on me. So freshman year, I did that. And at the end, I wanted to add a minor in business. So I got that set up at the School of uh, Management there. And then I, I like found out about this study abroad program. So the summer after my freshman year, I kept studying and went I went to Spain, studied abroad in Madrid, worked at a physical therapy office for patients with Parkinson's disease. And so it was like a full year of schooling for me, my first year of college. Uh, so I learned a lot about myself throughout that. Um, Spain was amazing. I met really incredibly genuine 
caring, hardworking people there. And I just, I miss them a lot. I've, I've, I could have been better at keeping up with them. I kept up with them for, you know, at least three years after I had come back to the U.S., but I wish I was still talking to them daily because they're really um, great. And it was cool to see over there how uh, kind of the life-work balance was because it's it's pretty different from in the U.S. where everybody's kind of working themselves to death and, like, you're not doing something, well, then, like, you're not important or, like, you're not busy enough. You can't rest. What? Right. And, you know, so they they definitely care more about you as a whole person over there more so and I just felt more of a sense of community um and just I don't know and of course it just depends on the areas you're in in the U.S. and in Spain because it can vary uh for sure in that but but yeah so freshman year was kind of all that <laughs> and and you know at least a couple panic attacks throughout but it was fine <laughs> well let's stay there for a second you know you talked about putting an immense amount of pressure on yourself now speaking from my own experience so many of my peers in college i mean their entire lives they've been putting an immense amount of pressure on themselves when you went to spain like talk to me about that culture shock like like, what did it feel unnatural to like sink into like the different work life balance there? Spain, man, it 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 felt well. Their work life balance there just like I guess at first it was a little bit of an adjustment because I was I kind of you know was twiddling my thumbs a little. I guess like like what do you do if you're not working all the time? Like what do you mean siesta? Like all <laughs> this. <laughs> But um, yeah, yeah, I I really once it, it maybe took me like a couple weeks honestly to get into that, and then I was like, this makes so much more sense. Like I am overall so much happier um, with with just how I'm interacting with people, how much work I'm putting in, and how much you know I get to explore too, because I had never. Well, I had been to Spain once before, um, but I was mainly in Barcelona. And so I I had never been in Madrid, but there's so much history and architecture and museums to go see. So I really got to split my time between that and work. And, and like, man, when I was a freshman, I was so bad at directions. It was horrible. <laughs> like... Have you been to Boston? I have. I have a lot of family in Amherst and Watertown. Okay. So I I was so bad that I could get lost on the T. Like <laughs> I I didn't know I couldn't decipher which side to get on to go like what does going downtown mean versus like going out to the furthest stop. It it was horrible. And so that was one of the things I really learned in Madrid just because I had to, or else like I could end up in a place I had no idea where I was. Like, I didn't know how far it would be from my host family's place. Um, actually one of the first nights I was, I was in Madrid, I got lost because I thought I could walk from, uh, the school I was at to my host family's home. 
because I thought I knew the way. And I guess somewhere along me walking, I got distracted and I completely lost my way. And I, I lived on a small side street there and nobody knew where this side street was. I was like, do you have a map? And they're like, yeah. And so I was like, okay, this right here. And they're like, no, I have no idea. And I, I was, that was my one mental breakdown in Spain for that whole trip was just, I had no idea where I was and nobody else could help me. I was calling my host family and they weren't picking up. And I only had like, I bought maybe 30 minutes of phone usage off this little flip phone that I was using. So it was just like, oh my God. And, and then it's, you know, middle of the night in the US and I'm like calling my mom, like, do you have the actual address for this place? Like I can't, nobody knows where this is and I'm lost and I don't know where my host family is. And then all of a sudden, like, Marce, the host dad, my host dad, came out of a side street and started waving me down. And I was like, thank God. It was maybe an hour of me just being like, where am I? But yeah, so that was the biggest way I grew really in my first couple of weeks in Madrid, just directionally. <laughs> I mean, this was this before like GPS on phones? Uh, well, the thing, no, it wasn't, but the thing is, um, I didn't, I had to keep my phone on airplane mode because I didn't like, I didn't have Wi-Fi when I was out and about. So if I used it, then it would have been data and like the, I don't know, some, I honestly forget what the thing was, but I think something with the phone company I was with then they were kind of like oh no just buy a flip phone over there and buy minutes and so that you know your data isn't affected or something god I I couldn't really tell you but I know I couldn't use my phone gotcha so Mm -hmm. talk about when you came back from Spain like you had gotten used to this siesta lifestyle like were you able to (laughs) keep that going or did you kind of revert back to freshman year Mandy um hmm that's a great question um well actually when I came back I definitely I changed in a lot of small ways I'd say like food wise I was definitely more conscious of what I was putting into my body just because the food over there was amazing versus the food here sometimes um, but work wise, I, I switched my major after that trip. I went, I wanted to go into athletic training and physical therapy. Mm. So they, BU has a program for that. And so I switched to that, um, major after I came back and other than, I mean, I was still, pretty intense ish when it came to like trying to find out what I really wanted to study and do with my life um just because that's kind of I don't know career for me is is something that I've always kind of had a focus or priority on I guess um even when I was little to be honest like I was so into sports and like excelling in that and so I don't 
I don't think maybe I changed as much as I could have in that respect of like not putting as much pressure on myself. But it definitely, maybe I just added more fun into my life. Um, just because I, I now had, you know, new friends that lived in Spain, and we were, you know, FaceTiming often and, and just getting to know more people in different parts of the world was exciting. So I probably just became more adventurous overall, but um, still with that kind of like, oh, but I really want to <laughs> still do well in things and, and figure out everything in my life at that moment. <laughs> well, let's transition then into music. And I want to do it in the following way. Tell me what you ended up graduating with, like what was your degree? What did you think was going to happen after you graduated? And then like, how was music a part of that story? Sure. So I actually, I graduated with a degree in biology because that was the one major where I could graduate early mm. um, because I, enough of the credits would work from when I was in athletic training and physical therapy and biology previously. I was neuroscience for a little bit. So all of those came together and filled enough credits to where biology was the major where I could graduate early. And so I did that. And the last, so summer of junior year, I had started working for a database company that I was coding for. I did some Android apps and uh, database coding for them. And that was because I took a computer science course sophomore year. Um, I also joined the track team at BU for a quick second. <laughs> there's, just, there's a lot of things that happened at BU. <laughs> so I, um, it's kind of funny to reflect, I guess. But I, so back to, I graduated with biology. I did computer science. So I was working remotely for a company and it was good money. And I liked the people I was working with, um, but because it was done remotely, I didn't really get a chance to, you know, make real relationships with people and get to know people better. It was basically just me reporting to my boss. So I was kind of, there was a point where after, you know, graduating, and I came back to live with my parents too. And cause I was like, okay, graduated, graduated early. I need to figure some stuff out still. Um, let's just go home and kind of figure out what I'm gonna do this when what would have been my spring semester. Um, but so I actually had this kind of identity crisis really where I, like on paper, I was fine, but emotionally I was kind of lost a little bit. I didn't, I realized how little I knew about myself, to be honest. Um, just cause I, 
like college is really a great experience and I wouldn't have changed anything about mine. Um, just in reflecting after graduating, I realized how much of a people pleaser I was. And like, I wanted to do everything. So I barely slept so that I could, you know, get the grades, put in the work, and then have a social life on top of that and make sure like all my friends, you know, had a good time with me. And like, we all did such fun things in Boston. Boston's such a great place to go to college. There's always something happening. And there's so many college kids there. But I just realized that even though like, I had fun, and I got to, you know, meet so many different people and uh, everything, I really, I missed out on prioritizing myself. And really getting to know me through the experience, even though I thought I was. So like when I graduated and was left with, you know, my thoughts and, you know, living at home and just like working a job that I didn't necessarily like, I liked it because it was comfortable, but not for any other reason. Um, that was kind of a smack in the face after four years okay. um, of all this work. You know, I'm going through a similar thing right now. A lot of my peers are going through the similar thing. Like there's this period after college where you're just like, okay, I did all these things for four years. And then it's like, now what? And all of a sudden, because you're not on campus anymore and you're doing less stuff, you now have all of this time to reflect. And I really latched on to when you said that, like you realized how little you knew about yourself at the time. So like, talk to me about that. Like, how did you know that you knew so little about yourself? And like, how did you go about trying to become more self-aware? Yeah, um, that, when it's, it's definitely a journey. That whole, I feel like there should be more done for people who have just graduated because it's a lot of just unpacking and kind of, just like, yeah, all the reflection kind of hurt me in a way. Um, just because even like from high school, you know, that's when I feel like I started disconnecting from maybe who I sincerely was um, just because of, you know, even if it like, because my parents, it's not like they put any real pressure on me in terms of like words or things that they said like oh you should study you should be a doctor study biology like all this stuff it was kind of like this invisible societal pressure that became something that I called like my own pressure that I put on myself of like I think that's really when it all started of you know, doing this so that I look this way to people and I am put together and all this stuff and I'm impressive and blah, blah, blah. And so then, you know, from high school to college is really, I didn't, I never, I never zoomed out enough to really check in with myself and be like, is that like, are we, how do we feel about the friends we have right now? How do we feel about, you know, what actually is fun for you? Do you like 
reading this material? Do you like playing sports more? Do you like drawing? Do you like music? Like, is, is, are these things, you know, cause I feel like music was always this thing that was, it's always an extracurricular. It's never something that people are like, oh, you know, if you work really hard, like you can have a career in it or you can be a part of it in some way when you're older. It's always just some like more treated as a hobby uh, until, you know, really until college is when I saw, you know, people were majoring in, in the arts. And I was like, wow, like that's like the one thing you're coming to study for. So anyways, I feel like when I graduated from college and sat with my thoughts, there were a, a couple things happening at the same time too. Like there was someone I had been kind of seeing at the time and that ended. So it was really a time of just like, starting over <laughs> completely and just like all right I I journaled a lot because that's really the only way that I can sometimes understand what I'm going through or why I'm so dissatisfied with my life at times and so I started journaling out a lot of things and I took actually an acting class when I had first, you know, gotten out of college. And the drama teacher, she recommended this book called The Artist's Way. And I recommend it to everyone. Have you read it? I have heard about it. And I've like done some of the exercises that are recommended from it. But I just, I want to emphasize yeah. that that's a good read. Oh, it, that book changed I I can't even tell you how much it changed my life to be honest because it really like the exercises that that are in the book the words just reading you know about how to um like reconnect with your inner child that was something I had never thought of you know like what makes me happy what what am I doing when I feel joy what, you know, it just, I, these are things that I was like, wow, I never thought about, you know, if I'm doing this and like what I'm feeling, how that kind of tells me or what I get from that information. Like if I'm talking to someone and I leave feeling kind of empty, like they should not be in my life. Why am I continuing this relationship? Or if, I feel great when I'm writing a story, like I should continue to do that, why not? It, it just, there was this whole new wave of just prioritizing kind of myself and I really distanced myself um, during this time from almost everyone, like all of my friends from college like I just kind of started to fall off and and just become I became harder to get a hold of just because I need I needed the space to kind of figure out what I liked and loved and 
love to do on my own. So that was kind of a hard thing because I like I was I'm I've been known to be a really great friend. So I hate when I'm not being that, but I couldn't be that and also fill my well and make sure that, you know, Mandy is happy at the same time. So it was, I feel like it was kind of a moment in my time that has kind of affected my friendships a little bit from college, just because they're not as, I'm, I'm not as maybe easily available for my friends even to this day because I'm still trying to figure out who I am from like a place of you know having a a boundary set which is something also new to me because I'm I'm just like learning honestly how to set boundaries to keep myself healthy and my mental health and emotional health you know well so yeah I don't know. I don't know. Um, that was a lot to kind of unpack. And I feel like this is turning into a therapy session. But um, There's a couple things yeah. I want to talk about because I think, um, you know, I think this podcast is perfect for anyone who just graduated college or is a few years out because, you know, we're all going through the same stuff at the end of the day. And I like what you talked about, like putting on your own mask first, making sure that Mandy was happy before you prioritize trying to be a great friend. I'm, I'm curious, like, did you struggle with like the loneliness after college of like spending all of this time journaling and working on yourself and not really being able to be the, the friend that you wish you could be? Like, did you struggle with loneliness during that time? I definitely did. Um, <laughs> yeah, actually... There's been so there's been like maybe two or three moments in my life that have been super dark. And that was definitely one of them. Um, just because it was so much to process for me. And I feel like like you're hit with, you know, then your loans start chasing after you right after and you're like what the hell did I just pay for when I don't even know you know who I am like what you kind of feel like you made a mistake and then you're also like hmm did I spend my time wisely like did I do the things that I wanted to do did I compromise a lot it was and then, like, did I make my parents proud? Blah, blah, blah. So it just, like, so many questions are raised. And um, definitely, like, relationship-wise, that was kind of a punch, too. So it it was kind of all over, like, what did I just do and why? And, like, I... Because surface level Mandy had so much fun in college, you know, like, I can't, I really can't complain because I was, you know, surface level, always smiling, always like laughing, having a good time, like had a lot of friends. 
in a bunch of different circles, got to go to so many different events, got to see so many people. And so like life is great, you know? Like, it's like, why am I even sad? But it just, that's, I guess, when I realized like how maybe unfulfilled I was or just I didn't have enough intent maybe or just well definitely self-awareness was not there but then like I also there was a lot I went through health-wise too I I got like walking pneumonia freshman year because I wanted to keep up socializing working out at six in the morning my grades up and so I never slept and so like I had all these random random like I okay I'll walk through really fast on those just to so walking pneumonia freshman year freshman summer after Spain I went to Asheville in North Carolina and was bit by a tick got Lyme disease and then sophomore year so sophomore year is when I joined no sorry junior year I joined the track team at BU and uh one morning before a neuroscience exam my alarm went off so that I could study more and I got up out of bed and my arms started flailing and my head like kind of went to the side really fast and I I had no control over any of that so I spent oh like the whole spring semester that year just in in a dark room because light and like seeing my laptop light hurt my eyes and and like nobody could tell me what was wrong and it kind of just went away. But it was just like so many things that I never truly processed, I think too, on top of just not knowing who I was and not knowing that I didn't know who I was. Cause if you had asked me when I started college, who, if I, if I like was having fun, if I loved my life, if I, you know, was excited to be studying biology all of those answers would have been yes and I would have like made a joke about it and smiled big and laughed about it and like been pretty secure in my response but I really had no idea what I wanted then and you don't know until you're just completely pulled out of that whole scene and kind of left with the outcome I guess uh so it was college was a a whole time <laughs> to be <laughs> and that was actually i was there for the uh boston marathon bombing and the crazy hurricane nemo and like the year where a bunch of robberies uh at gunpoint and knife point were being held around bu so it was just like <laughs> there was it sounds kind of like the apocalypse happened while I was in college, but it was, it was just, yeah, it was a lot. I feel like I, there's, I mean, maybe the last, well, I, I think I've processed everything from college to be honest, but then like after college, I feel like I'm still 
processing things um, with music and all that. But yeah, college is so, it's so tricky. I don't really, there's no right or wrong answer on whether people should go or not. It's just wherever your journey takes you. And I think the answer is self-awareness. Like, is college the right thing Mm -hmm. for you at that time? Um, You know, I think, you know, I'm glad you brought it up because I think a lot of people have opinions, blanket opinions on whether or not people should go to college. And it's really about that individual person. Like, I don't know, like, do you have the money? Is someone going to pay for it? Are you willing to take on that kind of student loan debt? What do you want to do? Do you want to become a doctor? Like all of those types of things. Um, I got off track though. You said something that caught my attention where you, uh, in, in this period after college, you were trying to not only become more self-aware, but figure out like what your intent was. Um, talk to me about how you transitioned from that period, like into music, like what like was going on then, like how like transition us into, you know, need and, and could you be and, and working with C-Ray and like, how did that all that come about? Yeah. Um, foo. So that man that was really so I'm gonna bring the artist's way up again because that and the acting class um because doing both of those things really opened me up to oh like maybe I can work more in the arts no matter like how it happens like I can just start you know getting back into music and like playing piano and and you know doing more with that so the artist's way really in the exercises sorry that um they had it was all about reconnecting with my inner child and I just remembered how much fun I had when music was involved and when writing like I used to write stories like full-on short stories um in the mystery genre that I forgot about and I forgot how much I loved, you know, playing sports. And so it kind of, the artist way reconnected me to just finding things that make me happy and making that into a career. And so I, while I was in the acting class, the teacher was kind of like, go out and audition and, you know, all of you have to go on at least, you know, I think it was 10 auditions throughout the semester that I kind of took that class with her. And one of the auditions that I just found was for a musical and it was for The Wiz. And um, I went and auditioned and part of it was singing and then a monologue too. And I really didn't know how I did. So I wasn't really expecting anything. There were a lot of people that were auditioning. So I was just like, well, at least I'll get, you know, a star on my sheet and get that checked off. Uh, Because it was kind of more about that. Because I I just, at the beginning of all of this was like rusty and just like kind of self-conscious about uh, singing in front of people and acting in front of people. But I got a callback and then eventually joined the ensemble for The Wiz. And so then I was immersed into like 
learning dance moves and like choreography <laughs> and uh you know learning songs and acting more with a group of people and then that's actually right when I found my first vocal coach that I worked with and so I told her that you know I was just in a musical and you know, I, I felt like I had to have some kind of backup to support my wanting to take vocal lessons for some reason, even though like you can just take them for fun. I was like, no, but like she has to know I'm serious about this. Uh, so then I started working with her and she she really I think we connected on on a different level. Like we really cared about each other. It's a student teacher relationship. And she she told me about this competition that she goes to every year, um, but she wasn't sure if I'd be ready for it. And then that was kind of the conversation. I was like, man, you know, I wish I was ready. Like, what What does she mean I'm not ready? And, and so then a couple weeks later, she was like, you know what? I feel like you're just a person that if I just take you to this competition, you're going to you're going to connect with the right people there. Like somebody will see you and want to work with you. So she just kind of went out on a limb and like added me to the roster for team USA for that, the world championships of performing arts. And so that everything kind of stems back or is kind of a product of me reading the artist's way and really doing the exercises like I've read that book three times through and done the exercises did morning pages every day for a while and and really connected with myself and I feel like as I connected with myself further the universe kind of was manifesting the right relationships for me and the right people for me to meet as well um so I, I, it's just, it's kind of crazy thinking back just because I thought, you know, I was making all these right decisions, but it should just be, life should just be kind of easy in, in that way of just like, okay, if you're aligned with your truth and your being and your essence and you're, you're kind of like vibrating at that frequency, the right opportunities and people will come to you like it, it won't be as challenging um, especially because once you're no longer fighting that internal battle right everything mm -hmm. just becomes much more clear and simple definitely definitely and so talk to me it's, about you know mm -hmm. after this competition how did the competition go and what happens next yeah so the competition was fun. I I really loved getting to bond with the other people on the team and just getting to see all the different contestants because they came from all over the world. And um, all the judges were really great and very interested and kind of open to seeing the new talent coming. So it was a great competition. I met an incredible makeup team there and I actually connected with them again and uh, 
Christina for Red Lip Inc. is her company. She's the one who actually did my makeup for the music video for Need. So I, I met people there that I love to work with again and would work with again and again. Um, but so I performed 10 songs because there's a first initial round of you perform your song and then they have a semis and then a final. And so I performed five songs with just like performance and singing being the main uh, priority. And then five songs that I was either on piano or guitar for and singing. So um, I performed all of them. And then you kind of get, there's, a, there's an award ceremony at the end. So even if you don't make it to the semis, which I didn't make it to semis, um, you, you could still medal. And so I ended up getting a silver medal in the rap category, a bronze medal in the Latin category, and then an It Factor Award, which is like the judges think that you have that special, you know, the X factor that... Uh, you either have or you don't kind of thing. And so got those medals and then you get, you know, if a judge wants to talk to you one-on-one, -on -one, you get a little slip uh, with their name and the table that they're at. And you go into this room with a bunch of tables and a bunch of people and you just kind of network and talk about yourself and about them. And so I, sat down with a couple um, producers, production companies, and, you know, got to know them, got to talk with them. They recognized me a lot because of my purple hair at the competition. Everybody was like, oh, yeah, purple hair. Yeah, I've seen you. I'm like, okay, great. <laughs> like, I'm just going to be the purple-haired lady now. Um, but, but it really everybody remembered me because of it. So it was good for that. Um, but I talked with them and then I went back home and was like, okay, so I guess I'll just keep working on my vocal technique. Uh, I didn't really hear anything for a couple weeks after the competition. And then all of a sudden, one day, I just got an email from, from Mark Williams and Indusol. And they were like, hey, we want to talk to you about working together on a project. And I was like, what? <laughs> and, and my vocal coach was also like, what? Um, she was pumped because she's worked with them. Some of her students have worked with them in the past and she really likes them. And so uh, then I signed a contract with them and we started working over Skype and started talking about what we thought my image brand slash sound would be like. And that's kind of where that all started. So that's the the whole in between of from college to net or to meeting with Indusol and starting to work with them. Well, that's a perfect place to put a bow on this part of the conversation. I definitely want to do 
a part two with you at some point because we need to talk more about you know where you are now um but i want to move into wrap-up mode with a few questions so you appeared on fade the first time for need you appeared on fade very recently for the latest one could you be um and i just love to hear like what's what's going through your mind right now you know two singles in um you know you talked earlier about how how having a career um was such a big deal to you and you know you're doing music you're working with the family business like what is life like right now like how are you feeling oh that's a great question <laughs> i'm i'm you know i think now i've been able to take a step back and reflect a little more on everything and kind of be a little more conscious of who I want to bring along with me in the future. Um, what kind of team of people I want to have around me, what kind of people I want around me uh, in working creatively. And so that's kind of like, I feel like this is the first time I can kind of sit back and truly be like wow I I have I've released two singles I just started singing for real like two years ago I started training my voice and now I have two singles out that have done really well and I'm you know filling my days with music now I'm actually working with a cover band now as a one of the vocalists um, to kind of get more into my live performance and to just start really creating an income with music. So that's been something that's really kind of stepped me up to the next level in terms of live shows and starting to tour. Um, I'm also going to be playing at a festival in November with my original music in Florida. It's in Deland, Deland of Palooza. Um, so I, I feel like now has been a great time to keep up because you have to keep up the social media presence. So I've been like making sure social media has been on time and, you know, looking really sharp and nice. And then, but like, other than that, just kind of Breathing and letting myself calm down a little with this, like having to do everything uh, mentality and just bearing witness to like, wow, you know, a couple years ago, if you had told me that I'd have original music out with people that I really respect and love working with, I, I would have been like, yeah, that'd be nice, but um, I don't know about that. And now, now it's just like, okay, like I, I guess in a way I'm like, I can definitely do this. I just, I just know that I, I want the right people in my circle and that is going to, you know, that usually makes or breaks things for uh, some artists just having the right circle. Um, so I'm behind the scenes, building a little, a team that I really love. Um, so yeah, it's just kind of reflection and in 
or out with the old in with the new um, kind of time for me and just being legit proud of myself because sometimes it's hard for me to stop and be like, wow, Mandy, you've done a lot. You should be so proud of yourself because that sounds like cheesy. And I'm like, we got, there's so many other things to do right now. <laughs> you know, Like we got to get this, this, this done, this ready. Uh, like it, life just gets busy, but I'm definitely, you know, pausing on the releasing music side of things and being like, okay, two or two in. We have a couple more to release, but like, how are we feeling right now? Is this feeling good? Making sure I'm still, you know, loving making music and writing it and all this stuff. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. And maybe I'm putting more of a focus now on live shows and getting ready for when more opportunities like that crop up for me. Well, I think that makes a lot of sense. One thing that I've noticed through working with and speaking with a lot of artists is there's, there's very little money in streaming on Spotify, right? Yeah. And uh, all of the money, all of the money comes from live events. So I think that's definitely the right move. And I'm going to be watching along very closely. Um, I'd like to end with something for everyone who's been listening, everyone who's made it this far. You know, we, we, we talked about the artist way a lot. And we talked about, you brought up one of the exercises, morning pages. I would love it if you could kind of describe or explain to someone who's listening, like one of the techniques or practices from the artist's way that they could use to really become more self-aware or really connect with their inner child or anything Ooh. like that. Oh, man. There's, there's so many. I, I honestly, man, the book is out. It's not in my room right now, but I have actually two copies of it. Uh, one that I have written so many things on top of and then one that I keep is just a clean copy um, but I guess mm, morning pages is really one of the main ways so I'll explain morning pages um, and then maybe a couple of the other exercises from it that resonated with me um, morning pages is an exercise where right when you wake up Basically, before you do anything, before you pick up your phone, before you answer emails, anything, you take out a notebook or some mornings I'd take out my laptop to, to type um, because I type faster than I write. And some mornings my brain is just like, do, 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 like there's so many things whizzing in it. But um, so you just kind of stream of conscious write and it can be about anything um, anything that comes to your mind, just it's more of like an exercise in brain dumping and just getting everything out and, you know, just not worrying about, you know, is that a complete sentence? I don't know, but that's how it came out. So you just kind of start hushing your, your inner critic through these as well as just being or connecting more with just your flow of writing. And so you, you write and you keep writing for, I think it's three pages, two to three pages full of writing. And, and it can be, there's no rules to it either. It can be like you write a big, 
you know, good morning on one and it takes up six lines of your lined page, but that's like, okay, you, you wrote half a page with that. Like there's no rules to it. It's just filling three pages um, with whatever words come to you. And usually the longer you do it, then, you know, the small talk gets out of the way quickly in your brain. Like the like, oh, I'm feeling like this. Um, da, 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 da. Like today is going to be a good day. Like all that stuff kind of gets out of the way. And then you start writing about, I don't know, just like deeper things that uh, crop up to, or creep up to your thoughts. And and that's kind of when it, it gets juicy. <laughs> like, it's just like, oh, shit, like this can turn into uh, a short story or this is like what I should write my next song about or this really is that underlying thing that's making me nervous right now. Like you just kind of out of nowhere stumble upon something that's either bothering you or something that just had to get out of your system. And, and so that's kind of morning pages. It's really, it's really an easygoing thing to do. It's just waking up, writing three pages of whatever you want, and then continuing that for at least uh, 30 days and seeing where that gets you. And that kind of helped me get to know myself more and get to know, you know, what maybe open wounds I still had from, from like childhood stuff that I just didn't realize had that much of an effect on me. And, and so some of the other exercises that I guess helped me more uh, were the childhood things like there's one where it's like talk about the people that championed you when you were younger and like write a thank you letter to them and like write about the monsters of your childhood and you know I think it was either write a thank you to them or it was like just write about them and what they did and what how that made you feel that kind of thing so I feel like I me as a person had more things to kind of deal with in childhood so I those exercises were the ones that really resonated with me a lot more because I think I just didn't realize how much I remembered from childhood and I didn't know that it would impact me so much in my adulthood um but another exercise is actually artist dates as well. So you can go on a date with yourself. And that was actually perfect timing for me because that's when I was really in my lonely getting to know myself phase uh, when I started reading this book. And it was like, take yourself out to, you know, it doesn't have to be expensive. You can go out and walk to a park and just take in the nature by yourself and that's kind of your artist state or you can go to a museum or you can go to a, a theme park or really wherever you feel is gonna fill your inspirational well or your creative well so that you have more images to pull on when you're writing or more ways to describe something from the experience you had with yourself you know in the park or wherever so that's pretty much the artist way in a 
really small nutshell. There's way more to it. It's like 11 chapters maybe. Um, but it's full of really amazing exercises to get to know yourself and get to know where you want to go. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm, I'm glad you gave us that overview because uh, the artist way is something I've heard about, um, but now it's 100% on my bucket list and I'm going to be reading it, you know, come yeah. holiday season in 2019. Um, and <laughs> in the morning pages specifically, that's the one I had heard about. I do something similar where instead of actually writing it down, I'll just talk out loud to myself, um, mm. which I find is like amazing for, for brain dumping because it's, it's even faster than, you know, writing or typing. And for my brain, I think it just works super duper well. So I'm glad that we were able to, you know, just put that out into the world and that like at least one person can start doing it because I've, I have found that I'm just much more clear. Like there's just less, my, my mind is less cloudy when I'm like really dedicated to doing that once a day. I call it like a mental shower. I think you said like brain dump, like it's, it really works. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That, that's another way for sure. That's definitely just anything to get those thoughts out and like, you know, out of your head is really a great way. Well, Mandy, uh, I want to cut it off here. I, uh, I just want to say, I, I really appreciate, you know, like when I reached out to you for this, um, you know, you were a little unsure, but I said, you know, like, I want to do this, like, I'll, I'll make it easy. And uh, you really stepped up to the plate, like you really, like you were really vulnerable with us. And like, you really shared and like, you really went there. And I, I appreciate that. Because that's, that's what I want for this. So uh, I just want to say thank you. Of course, of course. Thank you. Really. I, I'm feel lucky to to you know get to be vulnerable with you all and to kind of share more details about me um, that a lot of people probably don't really know so it's it's just been an honor overall and I really appreciate you reaching out to do this